in today's show. We're here to look at the waiver wire. Who might be a good ad for you? I don't know. We'll find out in a sec. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. It's time to look at the waiver wire for the second time this week. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's look. look let, listen, let's look. That is the correct word. Let's look at the most added players right across fantasy basketball. The number one most added players. Happens all the time. We're all chasing dreams, aren't we? Bruce Brown, the shark. If I hit the button right. Oh, it's a rocky start for me this morning. Um, Bruce Brown. Last time he played, he was bloody good. He was sensational, in fact. Is there any chance of that continuing? Absolutely not. Like, there is no way he does what he did last game. Is there a chance that he can still be valuable? Sure. He, yeah, there is. Remember, this is also playing for a team that uh, has DNP'd him a million times this season. But there is a chance that he starts, and I think it's a really good chance, and plays good minutes. In fact, he started three of the last four games. He's had one good game in those four games, but he's started three of them. And with no Simmons and no Durant and no Kyrie, he's going to get that opportunity. It is just a short-term thing, I think, for him, because, of course, those three players, when they're available, will all start, and Bruce will not. But for now, sure, he's a streamable type of option. The big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, has been added in a lot of spots. Very encouraging from Ragu last game. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Their rotation is all over the place. Now, it does help that both Davion Mitchell and Jeremy Lamb are questionable for today. And this is their last game before the break. So you might get a big DiVincenzo game. And I think out of DiVincenzo, Lamb, Holiday, and Mitchell, Dante has by far the best fantasy upside. So there's no problem with grabbing him. I just think it's going to be a messy situation for most of the season. And there's going to be lots of ups and downs there. But he's fine to add. I should have had these guys in order, but we'll do it this way now. LaMarcus Aldridge has been added in a lot of spots, I guess because he had 19 points in 19 minutes last game. There is no way that happens. 73% shooting in that game. Again, we're chasing numbers. We look at that. A lot of people will look at it and go, well, look what he did. 19, 19 and 8. That's sick. That's so good. But in 19 minutes, it's just nowhere near close to being reliable. Again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking the flyer on LaMarcus Aldridge, but I'm not looking for today. I'm trying to see what happens over the next... Well, not the next week because nothing's happening because no one's playing. But what's happening over the next two weeks, three weeks, month, heading into the fantasy playoffs. And I just think that Aldridge is not that guy that's going to have that distinct, really strong value. Fine. You take the flyer. It's just not going to work out. A bloke out of these guys that I do think has a chance to maintain some value is Denny Abdia. He's playing pretty well. Rui Hachimura is dealing with an injury. Now, the Porzingis situation impacts literally everybody on that team. 
but Abdi is handling the ball a little bit. The production's up. I don't. I would probably take a flyer on him over Brown and Aldridge. Divincenzo's up in the air, but he's he's worth looking at. Maxi Kleber, he had like six blocks yesterday, so people naturally go and grab him. Now there is a role there for him, pretty clearly, as one of the only two usable centers on that team. Him and Dwight Powell. He played more at power forward yesterday because of the absence of Reggie Bullock, meaning Finney Smith had to play more at the three. But when Bullock is available and then Dinwiddie's there, that'll push Kleber a little bit more to the five. And that will limit his overall upside. But he can have good games. There's no problem with trying Maxi Kleber. He is a, if, if he was consistent and played 28 minutes a night, he's a clear, clear 12-team guy, probably top 100 player. The problem is there are so many wild inconsistencies in what he does. Terrence Mann. You're going to see his name on the second list in a second. He's been one of the most added players. He's also been one of the most dropped players because he had a monster and then he had a dud. And that's, that's what happens with so many of these guys. Like we saw Brown, we saw DiVincenzo. Like watch them go out and do nothing today. That's just the nature of these sort of fringe type players. And man has competition from a million blokes there. I think he will continue to start. And if you did add him, you hold him. But it's just going to be back and forward a lot for him, I think, this season. Justice Winslow. Yeah, he, he is a guy that I think, well, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. He should be on every roster. Well, he can't be on every roster, but you know what I mean? He shouldn't be on any waiver-wise is what I'm trying to say. The role is secure. There are going to be, at times, issues with percentages, but because he's playing more at the four and even a little bit at the five, the field goal percentage issue is offset somewhat. He's getting good defensive numbers. He's rebounding well. He's playing really well, and the role is secure, and I like him. Fine. Kobe White. Kobe White is an interesting one. Obviously, the value is there because players are injured, but it's legitimately a chance, and we might even find this out today, that Levine doesn't just miss today or doesn't miss this week. He misses multiple weeks, whatever this knee problem is. We don't know what the specialist is going to say. And if that means Levine and Caruso and Lonzo are all out multiple weeks, then White's going to shine. So you, you add him, you see what happens, and you fingers crossed you hope Levine is back just for the sake of the league and for Levine and for everything. But if he's not... You've got that um, security there of having Kobe White and knowing there's an extended run of value coming. Brandon Clark's been added in a lot of spots. He's a tough one for me. I know he's a really interesting fantasy player. It is hard to secure yourself and lock onto a bloke who plays 21 minutes a night, but he does produce in those minutes. If he goes to 19, it's really tough to roster. If he sticks at 24, then the top 100 is going to smash through. So you, you probably, you know, he's, he's, he's hard to, to judge in terms of the value going up and down. But for now, look, the, the minutes and production is, is pushing up, so add him. And Darius Baisley, he's been great. I've mentioned it on... I, I don't think I mentioned him on the waiver show, whenever it was, at the start of the week. And a lot of people were upset that I didn't talk about adding him. I have talked about him ad nauseum in the recap shows, saying, yeah, I think we add him, we think we add him, we think we add him. I didn't mention him on this show um, because he hadn't sort of appeared in any of the, the filters that I use for that show. But you know, that, that's my fault. That's an omission from me. But here he is now. Darius Baisley. Yeah, he's an ad. That will probably change when Shea returns. But Robinson Earl's a long way from coming back. And finally, the shot's going in for Baisley. But it's not really about that. It's about the minutes, about the rebounds, about the defensive stats, and the fact that his usage is up again, which will come down when Gilgis Alexander does eventually return, which we hope isn't going to be too far after the All-Star break. But with football over, it's basketball time. It's full steam ahead for pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, and player performance Props, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. 
And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is the source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right next to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at some droppable players slash guys who have been dropped in a lot of places. The most dropped player on Yahoo is Terrence Mann. One of the most added players, one of the most dropped players. Hey, look, he went sick, and then he scored three points. And again, this is what happens with these guys. I wouldn't have given him just that. If I added him, and I wouldn't have just knee-jerk dropped him after the one game, but you always knew that there was risks of this, I probably wouldn't have dropped him. O'Shea Brissett, similar. Two good games. He's not very good. And the consistency is going to be a problem. And then he drops an absolute stinker with guys like Jalen Smith and the Red Rooster coming for his minutes. And you have some concern. There's nothing wrong with dropping these guys because in the end, they are fringe players who might be your 10th, sorry, might be your 12th or 13th best player, meaning your worst or second worst player on your team. And you can add them. They perform well, but you just keep chasing extra games and streaming value and find the next guy. And there's no problem with either holding them and seeing if it bounces back, or dropping them and moving Brissett and adding Jalen Smith and seeing what happens there, or trying Isaiah Jackson and, and holding until his injury is healed. Yeah, Brissett, again, it depends how you value these guys. I do not think he is very good as an NBA player, starter caliber player. He will have big games because so many guys can pop in and have big games. We saw it with Terry Taylor. We've seen it with so many spud players. Elijah Hughes dropped a 25-point game or whatever for the Jazz earlier this season. NBA players, when given that opportunity in the ball, will score. They will do these things. But will it be consistent enough? Grayson Allen's been dropped. I would have held him. I would have held on to him. I, and I, I do not like Grayson Allen at all. But it's all about opportunity. Connaughton's done. DiVincenzo's gone. George Hill's hurt. Allen literally might play tomorrow. So I don't know why he's been dropped in so many leagues. Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, my guy. See you later. Get that garbage out of here! No way I would bother holding him in a 12. Malik Beasley, why was he even rostered? See you later. That was poor timing again. Get that garbage out of here! I'm rusty. Devontae Graham. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, see you later, Devontae. It's not looking good, is it? He just looks dreadful next to CJ. CJ is like a black hole that sucks value away from every player that plays next to him. But the pairing is horrendous, and I think his minutes are going to continue to decrease. Rashawn Holmes. Get that garbage out of here! I know, I know so many... This is... It's not quite the sunk cost fallacy, but it's close to it. The amount of people who are still asking me, hey, do I, do I drop Rashawn Holmes? I really don't want to do it. He was so good and I invested a sixth round pick in him. I can't do it. Yeah, that's fine. That was October. Like you had the draft pick in October. It, a sixth round draft pick means nothing now. It doesn't mean a thing if you're coming and playing 16 minutes off the bench. It doesn't matter. The only thing that's happening to change this scenario is Sabonis getting hurt. And even then, remember, when Holmes was starting the last few weeks before the trade deadline, he was playing 23 minutes a night and splitting time with Damian Jones. So even if Sabonis got hurt, you're no guarantee of Holmes pushing back to being a top 70 player. You are no guarantee. Free yourself of the frustration. It can be hard to cut ties. See you later, Rashawn Holmes. And I like Rashawn Holmes, but bye-bye. Just going to chuck these two ones in here. Zion Williamson. I don't know how you've gotten this long and you're still holding him, but what are you doing? I don't think he's coming back. Another report today that he might need a second surgery. There is, there is no chance he is impacting fantasy basketball this season in my mind.
He's got about a month to be able to come back and impact. And he still needs to actually get cleared, get through practice, get on the court, ramp up, come in, and then not be on a restriction. There is no way it's happening. Bye. People still holding Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah, but I've just got an injured reserve slot. That's fine. No, absolutely. If you've got someone in an injured reserve slot and you don't need an injured reserve slot, there is no benefit in you dropping them. None whatsoever. But if you need the injured slot, if you don't have an injured slot, I think you're wasting time. I would have dropped Damian Lillard when I said to drop him five weeks ago, whenever it was, four weeks ago. I know he's apparently getting reevaluated in March. There is almost no chance that Lillard is coming back and playing impactful minutes that impact fantasy playoffs. There's no reason for him to come back. I don't see it. Again, the deadline, the deadline, the all-star break's coming up, so you don't have any games happening after the after Thursday. So it doesn't hurt you to hold on to guys, but these are guys I think you can feel comfortable moving on from. And Hassan Whiteside. The world. It's simples. Rudy Gobert is back. See you later, Hassan. You stream him in when Gobert's out. You stream him in on low volume days if you need a blocks or rebound boost. And that's it. Not a must-roster player. Not a guy that's rostered in 90% of leagues like he currently is. Let's look at must-roster players. And I tried to do this a little bit differently today just so that I can avoid some confusion. When I do this, must-rosters, what I look at is to see if any of these players are available in any situation under 50% of leagues. So whether that's Yahoo or ESPN. Like, are they available in uh, over 50%? And they're on this list. I normally do it for category leagues based on my projections, but I thought let's differentiate a little bit with points leagues, just so you know which guys are or aren't for both. So watching the graphic, if you're on YouTube, and I will audio, guys, I will tell you what I mean. If the guy's name is in italics, that means for points leagues, they're not a must roster. They're fine to have, but they're not a must. Patrick Beverly, he is a must across both. He's a must roster player in both formats. Herbalife Jones, I don't think he's a points must league uh, must roster guy. I think he's like 120 to 140th sort of range. And anyone that's outside the 120s, I think you consider expendable. They are totally fine to roster, and he is a guy that probably should be on a roster. But again, if I looked at your waiver wire and he was there, and then looked at teams in the league, I wouldn't go, oh, why do you not have Herb Jones? I probably would say you probably need him, but he's not an absolute must. Most guys who are musts are top 100 players. Whereas once you get outside the top 100, like the next 80 players after that can be pretty cyclable. Josh Hart is a must across all formats. Must. He's still 49 on ESPN. Must. Absolute must. Jared Vanderbiltbar. Category leagues, I would be holding onto him. Points leagues, you do not have to do that. Again, he's a back-end points league guy where he's more of a mid-back sort of guy in in categories. Brandon Clark. Absolutely a must in categories. Not as distinctly a must in points leagues because points leagues rely so much on volume and so much on the points category that he doesn't do volume. He doesn't do points categories. He does efficiency with defensive stats. And that doesn't translate as well. So again, he's more of a 125, 135 player in points versus a 90 in categories. So he's a must in categories and he's maybe in points. Devin Vassell, I think, is a must in both. Last game was shocking. We'll get more data points today, but I think he's a must. Jackson Hayes, I think he's a must in categories. I don't think he is in points leagues. Again, you see it so much with these big men or guys that rely on either percentages or defensive stats. They don't translate to points leagues as well. Jones, Vanderbilt, Clark, now Hayes. The next guy, Chumra Kiki. 
It's about defensive stats. I think he is a 12-team must at this point for categories. For points leagues, he's a 12-team maybe. And then Justice Winslow is a must across both formats. Same with Darius Baisley, but his roster percentage is too high across everything to really count. Um, but De Baisley is a, a must as well. Yeah, we talked about him earlier on in the show. But if you are looking for parts for your car, why would you waste your time? Like, who wants to waste time? I don't. You don't want to waste your time going to a local chain auto parts store. That sounds disgusting. You have to wait in a line. You have to talk to someone behind the counter who's then going to talk to you in an intimidating and condescending tone. And while they're doing that, they're going to be ripping you off. Pfft. Go to rockauto.com. They're an online family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you could need for your car or truck. Go to their easy-to-use website and find all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you go to the part where you check out, you write locked on in their How Did You Hear Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's look at some upside grabs. <clears throat> um, I don't know why that graphic is there because that's the one from last week. I'm going to change that. Now that is much better. That's the one that I meant to have up there. Um, Jalen Smith. Really interesting fantasy production on a per-minute basis. He fouls like crazy, and at the moment, he's a backup. But it's not crazy to think that Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith is the starting front court for Indiana at some point. It's also not crazy to think that both guys play 17 minutes behind Brissett and Turner, or Goga, or whatever. There's just too many options there. But Smith, I think he might be a better option than Brissett. I think there's higher upside there, even if the minutes discrepancy is pretty high. Corey Kispert, there's an opportunity in um, Washington for him at this point. He's not good. He shoots and doesn't hit enough of them and doesn't do anything else. But I don't mind. If you look, it's between him or Contavious Caldwell-Pope. One guy's got upside. The other's Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Now, the chances of Kispert realizing this upside is pretty low. But there's a chance there. I didn't include any Rockets guys like Shengun or Josh Christopher because I, the, whatever process they're going through is asked backwards. Yes, Gordon shouldn't play and they should limit Wood and they should try these things, but they're not. They're playing Shredder, they're playing Gordon, they're playing Wood, they're playing Bullshit, they're playing Tate, all these guys, so Martin and Christopher and Shengun, the guys they should be pumping minutes into, and maybe they will once we head mid-March. They're not. So just keep them all in the back of your head, but I'm not talking about them here, even though I just talked about them. Marvin Bagley. I think he's shit. All right, get that out of the way here. But for some reason, Detroit thinks they're going to get something out of him. In a category league, I wouldn't bother. He is... The most empty fantasy player you will find. He's a points and rebounds guy who does it inefficiently without getting assists, steals, blocks, or threes. And hurts both your percentages. It's a horrendous combination. But in points leagues, again, the thing that you benefit most from is getting good points and solid rebounds. They are the two best categories you can find. Because they're the highest volume numbers. And he can do it. And if they somehow snag his way into 25 minutes, then he will be a points league player. The other one is Johnny Kaminga, who is starting. He'll be up and down for sure. But he's worth grabbing for now. Can he establish a 25-minute-a-night roll, roll all season? I, I, I have doubts about it. But if he continues to improve on the trajectory that he's improving, it's not, out of the, it's not crazy. Iguodala's back is rooted. Porter is up and down. Toscano Anderson's Toscano Anderson. Yeah, Kaminga's got a path there for some minutes. We'll just see whether he, um, we'll just see whether he, he can get into that, uh, into that spot at all. All right, so let's just go on to a list of some other names that are worth discussing here. Dan Gafford. I don't, look, Gafford is not the highest upside player. And I have no idea what is happening with Puzingas. Because I think if Puzingas plays, Gafford has no value, unfortunately. 
But if Porzingis doesn't play, or they make the correct decision to play Gafford over Bryant, then he's worth looking at. But he's not an elite, absolute top-level stash player. He's fine to grab, but there's so much uncertainty around him and Porzingis, and we're not going to get it sorted out until after the All-Star break, which makes it frustrating. Ayo Dusunbu, I'll just put his name here. He's rostered in 22% of ESPN leagues. He is, for now, until players return, a must-roster guy. We've seen a little bit of tapering of his production, which was so sky-high, but he's been really good. Daniel Tice, just getting on this one because he played really well in his first game back in Boston. A lot of people will react to that. But there was no Rob Williams, and Al Horford played under 20 minutes um, due to foul trouble, and it was a blowout. Tice will not play that well and block four shots in 19 minutes, and he probably won't play 19 minutes most, most nights. So he's a name just to watch for deeper leagues, but don't get sucked in. Cam Thomas, people love scoring. They love it. Absolutely love scoring. Cam Thomas is a scorer. And while players are out, Thomas has some value. He's averaging 21 points over his last three games. He's playing 32 minutes a night. And he's a top 50 player in the last week. That's really, really valuable. And for now, you can use him and stream him. But overall, his value doesn't last. We saw a little bit of a reduction last game when Seth Curry arrived. And then you've got to add Simmons. And then you've got to add KD. And then you've got to add Kyrie. And the value is not going to be there long-term. But for short-term stuff, sure. Alexei Pokyshevsky looked like he could be a bit of an ad. He was an ad. Now he's not. Wiggins is back. They're limiting Poku. Drop him back to the wire. Nico Batum, well, it's just a name to mention because he had a good game yesterday. But it's just that consistency issues with the Clippers' wings that make him a tough hang most of the time. Quentin Grimes, with Barrett out, he is worthy. And with Barrett in, he is not. The most simple equation you can find. And then lastly, we head to the Wizards' point guards. It's Hal Neto and Ish Smith. One game it's Smith, one game it's Neto in terms of production. But so far, it's consistently been Neto in terms of minutes. I don't think either of them are 12-team league guys outside of streaming. They're probably both 14-team league players. If they played equivalent minutes, Smith would be the option, but they don't. It's like 29 to 20 at the moment, and that's favoring Neto, but it's still not looking to me to be a 12-team league guy. And that will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.